for listening to our podcast, recorded live at Gateway Church Ashford. You can find out more about us on our website, gatewaychurchashford.co.uk. No, 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 Bob. Thank you. All right, okay. Well, as most probably you've observed us um, at the front, we're really trying to be extra sensitive to the Holy Spirit because we're going to be doing things a little bit differently in the month of May. The whole idea is we want to have a shorter preach, and many of you say amen. The elders have seen the light, um, but have a, a longer time just worshipping God because we're, we're sensing that um, in this month, God's going to be drawing closer to each one of us in, in, a, in a special way through the worship. It's, um, he, he dwells um, when the saint, he dwells amongst the saints when they're worshipping him. So we're going to be doing that, we'll be breaking bread and then the fire alarm will go off. I think it's just very significant, the fire alarm, um, because I think it's a prophetic statement. We haven't planned it this way, it just happened this way because Helen kept pestering us. You've got to have it. And, I, and we were despairing on Friday, I've got to admit, say, oh, look, it's going to wreck it. You know? But by having it at the end, um, we thought this is a prophetic moment for the church. The fire alarm's going off. The fire, the Lord's warning us in a great and uh, great and glorious way. We're going to see the fire of God come amongst us in these in these days. Amen. It was been thrilling to um, to be a part of the twenty four hours of prayer. This latest one we do every other month, um, particularly on a bank holiday, because it'd be so easy to say it's bank holiday. People won't turn up. People will be away. I want to thank you, church. I want to thank you. I, um, I wasn't going to do a middle of the night one. I was going to do the early morning one. I'm getting over a, a, a chesty cough. And, uh, but I said, Lord, if you wake, you wake me up at what time you want me to go. And it was 20 past two in the morning. And I thought, no, I didn't hear God on that one. Um, I did really. Then I thought, no, I did hear God. I got to be obedient. So I got up and uh, I drove into town and uh, I got there about half two. And what a joy to see Nelson, Tom... Um, who else there? Danny and uh, those, where are you? Where are you? you Andy was there, worshipping God, praying. It was like walking into a bit of heaven on earth. And we just prayed. And we, these, I mean, I, I was going to do, you know, continue. But they stayed over there allotted time just because of the presence of God. That is encouraging. That is encouraging. If you're looking out to the apostles, friends, you will see that before the Holy Spirit moves in power, every occasion it's preceded by prayer. Yeah. Really is. We need, you know, please um, come into that revelation. <laughs> if we want to see the Holy Spirit move, the Lord will be first stirring us to pray. It's not that we've. It's not a formula. Well, we need to pray, therefore we want the Holy Spirit to move. The Holy Spirit prods us to pray before he moves. It's a bit of a difference, can you see? And he's saying, come on, he puts a burden on our hearts to pray. And we've been praying 24 hours of prayer now for over a year, and a, nearly a year and a half. And one day, um, God will say, I want you to pray a different way. But we, we, we've got to learn to persist in prayer. Because the early church persisted in prayer... And they saw the power of God come. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus, before he went back to heaven, he said to them, you've got to wait in Jerusalem till you're clothed with power from on high. 
And I, as I inferred last week, I'm having to learn to wait before God. It's not easy to learn to wait before God in prayer. Because before we've got to pray lots of things. You know, that's what we've been taught. But there are seasons in our life, you see it in, in, in the saints, in the in Old and New Testament, where God says, I want you to wait upon me. I want you to wait upon me. And it stills the flesh. It stills that sort of energy that comes from our own humanity um, when we have to wait upon the Lord. We see in Acts 4.31, the church are being persecuted. There's a call to prayer. And the Spirit shook the building again. It blew through the building. It filled them again with the Holy Spirit. So they pray, they're filled again. Are you beginning to see something? In Acts chapter 10, verse 9, Peter went up to the roof to pray in the house of Simon the Tanner um, by the Mediterranean there. And as he prayed, the Holy Spirit just gave him a, a vision, a revelation of where to go next. And it opened up the whole Gentile world to the gospel. All because he prayed. You know, Graham, I've been, it's been taking you a long time to get this, but there's a real correlation between my moving and your praying. Because Jesus himself said, seek and you will find. We, we are seekers. And to think that it will happen without prayer, I think it's naive, church. I really do, because... Prayerlessness is practical atheism, isn't it? You know, we're spiritual people because we've been born of the Holy Spirit. We are supernatural people. And therefore, the, we've been born again into a, a dimension now. It's a beautiful gift that God has given us that we have access to God in prayer. You, you and I have. We can, a simple prayer can have profound effects. Then Acts chapter 12, verse 5, the church was constantly praying. And there's breakthrough um, that Peter was was put in prison. And so what did they they do? They called a prayer meeting. And what happened was, angelic manifestation comes and releases Peter from prison. Now, some of us have heard angels, some of us have seen angels. They exist. Why, Why... Why did that happen? It's because the church got serious with God because they understood something of who they were as a people of God. They understood that God answers prayer and God will act supernaturally if his people pray. Now, we have to be honest. It's easier not to pray, isn't it? Let's be honest. We're we're humans. We're... Um, we're made of dust, as it were, um, but th- th- there's a, an experience for us to press on through, to see it. Ah, oh, because I see it, I'm going to do it. Because I long for more of God. Church, I, I want to say, I, I, I long for more of God. I, I really do long for more of God. Because it's the most economical thing I could long for. I don't know about you, but I, I, I want more of God's help in my life. Uh, 
I assume you want more of him because you've made the effort to come here this morning on a rainy day. You, you want more of God. And the older I get, the greater the temptation for me is to function through life in my own acquired wisdom of the years. My own experience. While I don't dismiss that wisdom, it is as value. I can't escape the reality of Jesus' words that he said, apart from me, Graham, you can do nothing. That infers a closer relationship with him and a closer dependence upon him if we're going to see supernatural provision and breakthrough, not just for ourselves, but our ministry, being fruitful for him, because we're a spiritual people. Does that make sense to you? We need more of him, church. I, 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 I think I've, I, I've earned the right to say this. I know you. Um, I speak for behalf of Richard and Darren as elders. We, we, we know the flock. We know you. We love you dearly. We, we sometimes cry for the needs that you have behind the scenes. We, we pray for you. We know you in the good times and the bad times. There are some things we want to do but we can't do for you because we're human. But there is a chief shepherd of the flock who knows you inside out, who has the ability to bring to you blessings that leadership can't bring. We know our limitations, but I know the last year just taken a snapshot of the challenges of life that many of you have, whether it's in business, health and family, jobs, challenges, balancing life, work-life balance. It's a challenge to live well, isn't it? And I wish I could have a big bag on my back which dispensed gifts and, and answers to your problems. And we can help and care. But the Lord is the one. He's the provider. And please hear us that. We love you. We lay our lives down for you as best as we can. But there is one who laid his life down for you, rose again from the grave, who conquered the grave, who has the power to transform situations. And he's here for us. And when he comes, his presence comes to us, he meets every need over a, period, over a season. You know, God is a supernatural God. And his presence, when we really get to understand more of his presence and wait upon him over a time, he will meet all our need according to his riches in Christ Jesus. We need God to guide us in our daily life rather than depending on our own fluctuating wisdom and emotions and hurts. Last week... um, as I shared, I felt God say, there's a breeze coming to hit the church because it's been quite still. It was like a big galleon, a, a, a war galleon just on the quiet water. We, we just sense the breeze of God begin to blow and no, longer, no sooner we prophesied that and the Spirit of God came on two people, physically came on two people. One, two, one, two people just fell over under the presence of God. And I thought, Lord, what is an illustration I can communicate to, to, my, to my brothers and sisters about what I'm trying to convey here. And it, the, the thought came to mind, have you ever done rowing? It's hard work rowing, isn't it? It's hard work rowing and paddling. And yet God's saying, in the 24 hours of prayer, somebody wrote upon on, on the board, adjust your sails to catch the wind. 
I don't know who it was, but God, known to God, but thank you who wrote that up on the board. Because there's things... If we realise that if God, if we allow God to help us, we get further and quicker than trying to do it in our own effort. If we spend time waiting on God and uh, enjoying and learning to drink on his presence, supernatural things happen and it gets us into places and situations that we couldn't get into just on our own effort and wisdom. Because God is with us. Go into all the world. It's bizarre what you end up doing. Last night, I ended up doing deliveries for curry. My friend, Ian. Saturday night, we just ended up, I want to do that. Why am I doing this? Driving around Ashford with the car smells wonderful, Ian, thank you. (laughs) But I just wanted to help him because I wanted to get closer to his non-Christian friends. I just felt so excited that the, the Holy Spirit had prodded me to do that. I'm not polishing my halo. All I'm just saying, it was weird. But when the Holy Spirit's breathing on us, we'll do unusual stuff that will bear fruit. That's what I'm trying to communicate. So many of us, church, and I know you, we need peace in the troubled and stressed situations that you're facing. Others, others of us, we need heavenly wisdom to know what to do in our business situation. We simply need more of him in our lives. The prophet John the Baptist, he, he said, when Jesus comes, he will baptise you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. We don't talk about the fire very much. Um, Count Zinzandorf, whatever his name is, Count Zinzandorf in, um, what was it now? Two, um, 17... 1727, it must be German because it sounds, or Austrian, it sounds, I don't know. But I've heard of this guy. Out of this man's ministry came a global missionary movement that touched so many nations. And they they were gathering for a meeting on August the 13th, 1727. And he's now recounting what happened. He said, speaking of what occurred... That memorable 13th day of August, historians tell us that they left the house of God hardly knowing whether they had belonged to earth or had already gone to heaven. Zinzandorf, in his description of it, says, The Saviour permitted to come upon us a spirit of whom we have hitherto not had any experience or knowledge. Wow. Hitherto, we had been the leaders and the helpers. Now, the Holy Spirit himself took full control of everything and everybody. I want more of that, don't you? I want more of that. And from that congregation, because they were willing to wait and recognise their dependency upon God, a global movement of missionary proportions, which is one of the great global movements of the world through the Moravians. They set up a a Bible study and worship place in London. And one man, John Wesley, went in to their Bible study. 
And he was, he was there, and the presence of God was in that meeting. It later recounts, my heart was strangely warmed. Why? Because God was working through. How did John Wesley come to know God and start the Methodist movement? Because these people, a generation before, were not willing to be sold short of all that God could do. And when the fire comes, I mean, John Wesley wrote this, Oh, that in me the sacred fire might now begin to glow. Burn up the dross of base desire and make the mountains flow. Oh, that it now from heaven might fall and all my sins consume. Come, Holy Ghost, to thee I call, spirit of burning, come. All the anger into ashes, that bitterness into dust, that pride into cinders. When we know we really need him, we humble ourselves and water flows downhill. And the Holy Spirit at times is is likened to water. He's a person, but he comes to the humble. But instead of just learning to drink in his presence, we tend to fret, worry and sweat. There has to be a better way for the people of God to live supernaturally. So when we worship today, we're not doing a liturgy. If we've changed the liturgy five times, the outline five times for this meeting already in the first half an hour because we want to be obedient to the Holy Spirit. But most of all, I want to say, I want you to encounter God in a new way. I want you to realise that you could, no matter your background, whether you've got an IT, an IQ rather than IT, an IQ of a one zillion or you're like me, failed, you're 11 plus. God won't fail you. Because he loves us. And if we'll wait upon him and, and, and pour our hearts out to him, he'll come to us. Because he draws near to the brokenhearted. He draws near to those that are in need. Jesus said in John 14, 26, but the help of the Holy Spirit, whom the, fa- whom the Father will send in my name, I will teach you all things and bring to remembrance all the things I said to you. You see, Jesus had to go back to heaven to be with us, every one of us, seven days a week because he was in a physical form. But he said, if I go, I will send the Spirit to, to each one of you so we can all encounter God the Holy Spirit because Jesus ascended back. He sent the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit is available to us. We've just got to be aware that he can come to us, refresh us, fill us on the inside. Martin Lloyd-Jones said this. So we say, Ah, oh, well, I'm already baptised in the Spirit. It happened when I was born again at my conversion. There is nothing more for me to seek. I have got it all. I have got it all. And Lloyd-Jones said this, got it all? Well, if you've got it all, I simply ask in the name of God, why are you as you are? (laughs) If you have got it all, why are you so unlike the apostles? Why are you so unlike the New Testament Christians? I haven't got it all. I haven't. I've just got to imbibe the one who has got it all. And learn to drink on him daily. But especially as we gather today. 
to worship him. And the wind blows where it wills. That's what Jesus said of the Holy Spirit. He will come now and touch one person here, one person there. And the next week it might be you. (laughs) But we've got to learn to wait. But this is a supernatural gathering of people. Because you've been born again of the Holy Spirit. And God can meet every need. If we will draw near to him, he will draw near to us. So that's it. I preached in 17 minutes. You should be aghast and say, thank you, Jesus, that he's finally got it. (laughs) But let's, let's get some time with the Lord now. So in, in some of it we'll break bread, but perhaps not just a moment. Let's just work, come back to worship. I'm just going to ask the Holy Spirit if he'll come to us in a sense of his heavy presence. Would you like some of, more of God? I can't teach you how to drink. You've got to learn how to drink. Our little granddaughter, Edie, we gave her, when the parents weren't watching, we gave her a first chocolate magnum. She'd, she'd never seen it before, so we just held it to her lips, and she, she thought it was she was suckling on it. And, and I thought, she's intuitively learning how to eat ice cream. So I, I can't tell you how to do this. you just got to learn how to do it, and I think it's about loving God. If you don't know Jesus, well, this is the best place to be on a Sunday morning, because you'll begin to encounter him. Just to say to you, if you don't know him, he loves you. He knows all about you. He knows about everything. And he knows you're not good enough. (laughs) That's why he died. We're not good enough. We've come to that conclusion, haven't we? That we're not good enough, but he is. So just draw close to him and he will draw close to you. Shall we stand?